Everybody, huddle up. Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, this is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN with former Badgers Brad Nortman. And Nortman is a fake. Great call and great execution. Not a Hawkeye in sight. And Chris Orr. By the freshman out of DeSoto, Texas, Chris Orr. Here's Alex Strofe. Oh, yeah, the Great Dane Hunt Night live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in the Hilldale area of Madison. We welcome you in for the next hour here on ESPN Madison. I'm Alex Strofe alongside Badgers legends, former NFLers, the great Chris Orr, the great Brad Nortman with me. Chris, uh, we already did two hours of radio together today, so I'm actually going to start by giving the floor <laughs> to uh, Brad Nortman, who went on another vacation. <laughs> Do you ever work? Oh yeah, I just I just roll at a at a at a shotgun pace here, boys. We're working, we're traveling, we're living life on the on the go. Went down to Fort Lauderdale, it's okay. beautiful. Uh, I've got a buddy from high school lives down there, and then oh, another group of several couples that live in Milwaukee that we always try to take a weekend and go down to Fort Lauderdale to get out of the sun and. Enjoy the beauties of Southern Florida. Right? You actually went somewhere again? I did. I did. <laughs> I mean, we, we're, we're piggybacking a one-day New York trip onto wow. a two-night, three-day Fort Lauderdale weekend. My goodness. It, uh, you know, I will say, when we got back home, I slept pretty hard. <laughs> pretty tired. Pretty tired. And Because yep. this, this is not the type of trip where we are just, you know, we're going to a spa. We're yeah. not doing anything like that. We're... No, you're having fun. You're having fun with your boys. This is a good trip. And, and your boys and your now now girls into the group, right? Married and all that. Just so you party. Is what you're talking about. Party. Not a ton of sleep. Uh, over over under seventeen and a half beers for Brad Nortman on this trip. Are we talking like total drinks? Yes. Over. 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 We're talking about. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I mean, come on. We're, if we're going to do, we're drink well, over the Brad, course of long days I, I, here. I don't mean this to be offensive. You just have never hit me as a guy that gets after it super hard. Well, that's a spectrum we're talking about <laughs> here, right? I'm not. Yep, I'm not a. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a get after it hard kind of guy. I just like to. Have, I like to have a good time though. With, you know, just like anybody else. Uh, there is a guy in this panel who I know. When he goes, he goes. Yeah, that's crazy. How are you, my friend? I'm great, man. All gas, no brakes. I'm. I'm excited to crack some skulls again for some. For some change, man. Yeah. That's what I'm so Wednesday about. marks uh, Chris Orr's departure to Canton, Ohio, to play for the New Jersey Generals in the United States Football League. Mm-hmm. When does the actual season start? Uh, our first game is April 15th in Birmingham. So do you have camp the next month and a half? What's the what's the uh, timeline yeah. here? Yeah, camp starts, uh, I think, like March 15th or something like that. It's like three weeks. So what are you doing for the next two weeks? Training. Getting right, getting getting my mind right, transforming into uh, what well, <laughs> Matt thought I was a different person. Yeah, I'm transforming into Chris Gua. Yeah, you missed this, uh, Brad. <laughs> so last Friday we celebrated the one year anniversary show of Rutledge and Hamilton, and we were thanking everybody that's filled in over over the course of time or whatever. And Matt chimes in, he says, "Yeah, there was that guy uh, Chris Gua who filled in for me that one time when I was out winning a national title." And I said, "Well, that is Chris Orr's username on Twitter, Chris Gua." <laughs> It's the same person. He goes, oh, my God, I totally thought that was two different people. <laughs> yeah. so, it is, though. That's how that happens. Something tells me that it is. And that is a, that is. Is a thing, Chris. It I mean, is. we talk about guys that yeah. are you're, you're one kind of person on a Wednesday afternoon mm-hmm. and on a 
Sunday afternoon, a Saturday night, mm-hmm. totally different person. Yeah, even even me as a punter is different. different. I don't and, laugh and, this and much. these guys totally different. I don't smile this much. I don't laugh this much. Well, you're about to have a child too. Oh yeah. And you were so, telling me off the air yeah. earlier today, which I want to bring on to the air now. <laughs> you told me you're looking forward to having a kid, not because of the birth of a newborn necessarily, more because you're going to be agitated mm-hmm. and more angry. Yeah, I'm going to be on edge, sleep deprived. Pissed. You're looking forward to this. When you hit the, Oh yeah, when you hit the field, now huh. I don't have to look for it. Like now I'm living it 24/7. He's a legitimate psycho person. <laughs> Let's go. Like he's a legitimate crazy crazy person. I'm excited to like Man, it's 2 a.m. Like, this baby's crying. Like, it just pissed me off. We got a game later today. Somebody's neck is getting short. For sure. <laughs> Chris, guys like you make me happy I'm a punter. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> kidding, right? Seriously. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a scary man. Nonetheless, oh, man. It, is, uh, it is the great Dane Huddle of Alex Strofe <laughs> with the psychopath Chris Orr. And uh, maybe the most intelligent man on the panel. Actually, let me rephrase that. The most intelligent man on the panel, Brad Dortman. Low bar. Yeah, low bar indeed, says Alex Kabat, our producer. Uh, we've got a lot to get into tonight. I want to ask you guys, and we'll do this in a second, but I just want to down quick. I want to ask you guys if you were Aaron Rodgers, what you would do, what you would do. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Badgers football. Nothing new come out in the last week, but uh, we still got to talk expectations and what this time period is like for maybe the players in that locker room. Uh, we'll play another game of Gmail later uh, as Alex Gravatt, very popular guy, um, gets a lot of emails. So he'll read some of those emails to us a bit later in the show as well. But let's start with Aaron Rodgers. He has seen the light. He has left his darkness retreat. <laughs> and there was a good feature on ESPN.com that described it as a hobbit-like environment. <laughs> Have you seen pictures? Yeah. It looks horrible. It does look Horrible. Horrible. It's like smaller than a dorm room. Yeah, and and you, there are some reviews you can read, and it's it's almost like you you peak a level of insanity and you come out just kind of talking gibberish, talking like you're not making any sense from yeah. some of the, the snippets that I saw of reading of reviews. It's uh, you're a journalist, uh, man. You really dove into this. Well, you know, it's all about preparation and being able to talk about the subject with that. you boys. And trying to get, we're trying to dive into the brain of Aaron Rodgers, guys. Good right? luck. That's the brain we're trying to get into. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. No, but it's it's. Uh, I would love to talk to him for the immediate hour after coming out of the. Darkness. Oh yeah, I bet it made. Could no you damn imagine? Sense. No, yeah. no. Anyway, uh, so he's he's come out to see the light, and now he, his decision is looming, right? Will he retire? Will he play football? Will he be in Green Bay? Will he be elsewhere? I, I kind of want to do a, a small exercise here because you guys uh, have obviously spent a lot of time in, in NFL and college and professional locker rooms, whereas I have not. And I, I'm curious. Now, neither of you are four-time MVPs. No. But you have both played at that level, right? And for Aaron Rodgers – trying to get into his brain, if you will, Brad. I'm trying to understand why there is a discussion to be had here, right? He signed the extension in the offseason last year. He's done this now the third offseason in a row. It's been the will I, won't I. I'm, I'm curious if you're Aaron Rodgers. What are you saying to Brian Gutekunst, the general manager of the Packers, that solidifies you staying in Green Bay, right? What, what are the demands you need? What are, what are you saying to Guti that makes it say, hey, I'll be here if, right? What's your conversation with Goody like? I think that, like, I don't think Aaron Rodgers would do this, but putting myself in his shoes, sure. um, I know I'm on the tail end of my career. Uh, 
like you said, I'm a four-time MVP. Like I know, I know what I bring to the table. I'm going to them and saying, "Hey, I'll take a pay cut, whatever is needed. I need you to get me as much talent on this side of the ball as possible, and let's go win the Super Bowl this year. Let's not wait anymore. Let's do it this year, and let's make a repeat next year." If I can meet these demands along with you, however the numbers need to work out, you know, I still want to get what I'm worth, which frankly I think is getting a little more than he's worth right now. But I'll take whatever pay cut I need to get me another ring. For sure. Because, like, myself, if, if I'm in his shoes, what I'm thinking about over the course of my career, I've proven that individually I'm a great player. Yep. Um, I've gotten to the, the glory of the NFL. I've got, I got a Super Bowl ring. I'm looking to ride off into the sunset if I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm looking to get that last taste of, of greatness, of the pinnacle or the summit of professional football, and ride off into the sunset. So I'm doing any and everything that I can or need to do to get there. But I honestly don't think he's doing that. You know, listen, my take is the more I read about Aaron Rodgers – the less I understand the guy. <laughs> I really do. I, I don't really know what drives him. I don't know how he views himself in the realm of a team. With, with Brady, we had extreme clarity about who he is and what yeah. he's for, and he will take those pay cuts. Yep. I, I do not care what I make. Like There's all that rhetoric about Giselle makes money too. Whatever. Tom Brady's made plenty of money. He makes plenty of money off the field. Yes. Honestly, though, it did not matter to him. The, the the thought of losing and the thought of stomaching loss and not being in the driver's seat to win made him so sick that I will I will take pay cuts. He did his entire career. Okay. And he's bought in to you know, mesh with the team and yep. be one of the guys. Aaron has never been that guy. Mm-hmm. He's never been that guy. He's been great, and you cannot deny his greatness. Right. But he is I, I don't know what drives him. Is a Super Bowl driving him? Is winning driving him? Then why would you take a deal that's going to inherently hamstring the team? Yeah. Why would you not pour into young receivers when you have the chance? I know that there was you know a headline made that Romeo Dobbs never hung out with Aaron Rodgers outside of the bill. I, I, I don't make I don't make much of that. But show up at OTAs, like right? Day. I mean, show on, up bro. and invest in these guys. You you wonder why we can't get on the same page during the season? It's because you don't have the reps acclimated for us to get there. Like, you right. had all of those reps with Devontae Adams, and now these reps are gone. So you need to build that repertoire with the rest of the wide receiver room. You need to build this with all your tight ends and the rest of your running backs. Like, skipping out on OTAs, like, I understand you're an older guy, and I understand if even if it's like, hey, we're not going to have you throw at all during OTAs. But even just being there, being able to read their body language, helping them understand the playbook a little more, understanding how they run their routes, like when when does this guy drop his hips, like what kind of balls does this guy like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Little stuff like that is what he's missed out on. And, like, it – I get mad when I see him critique his receivers or everybody else like he's not the issue when actually the true root of the problem comes back to what it means to be a quarterback in the NFL. Like, sure. It's going to mean missing out on your free time, your extra free time you need, even this time right now of, oh, I'm just going to sit here and like chill and let me think about my decision. Now you got your receivers waiting in limbo. They don't know rather to get work with you or Jordan Love. Patrick Mahomes, like I'm from Texas, Patrick Mahomes flies all of his receivers to Fort Worth, Texas, and they get hundreds of reps in the offseason. Like, 
before OTAs even start, which is, and you see the results. Like, you see why they consistently win. It's because of the work they put in. Yeah, and, and so to answer your question, Alex, if I'm if I'm Roger, if, I, if not like if I was Rogers, what would I do? I'm thinking, what would Rogers do? Let's say mm-hmm. he comes out of the darkness and says, I want to come back to the Packers. You know what I say, Goody? I say, I'm showing up. Pay me my money. Good. And, and surround some people around me. Yeah. I'm not taking a pay cut. I'm not. Well, maybe, maybe he won't go to that extreme. But I think even the Packers don't understand. He's been there for 18 years. I don't even think they understand who he is and what he wants. No. And, and if we're going to rewind the clock a year ago, I don't think this could have went any worse for the Packers. I'm going to be honest. Rodgers did not maintain his MVP-type caliber play. Yep. The, the, the contract gets progressively worse yep. in year two and three. And it seems like Jordan Love has made strides to be glimmer from reports inside the building yep. of, of a franchise quarterback. So now you have a major dilemma, and you're totally – this could not have gone worse mm. for the Packers. Let me stop the conversation there because I want to dive into what you just said on the other side, and that is Jordan Love seemingly has made strides. I view it as this right now, and we can dive deeper into this on the other side as we talk about how the Packers should approach the remainder of the situation. That is, I don't think the Packers view it as a lose-lose by any means. I think no matter the outcome, the Packers actually view it as a win-win. We'll talk more about that next. But first, got to tell you about my friends over at Condon Jewelers, the jeweler on the east side, the jeweler on your side. Diamond Jim, the owner of the store, always in the store, ready to help you. Whether you're looking to take the next step in your relationship, whether you're looking to treat yourself or somebody you love, the place to do it is at Condon Jewelers or online at condonjeweler.com across from the East Town Mall on East Washington Avenue. The jeweler on the east side, that is Condon Jewelers. We'll talk about the Packers side of things right after this. We're live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in the Hilldale area of Madison. It's the Great Dane Huddle. Great Dane Huddle rolling out live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company at the Hilldale area, Madison. Great location. We're in the back room if you want to come join us, have a beer. And you can do that at any of the four Great Dane locations in the Madison area right here in Hilldale. There's one right downtown just off the Capitol Square, one in Fitchburg and one on the east side. They've got all the great food. They've got all the great beers. They've even got some seltzers for you if you're not a beer drinker. You can party. You can eat. You can live. You can dream at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, any of the four locations in the Madison area. Learn more about them and find the pub nearest you on their website, greatdanepub.com. I'm Alex Strope alongside my guys, Chris Orr, Brad Nortman, former Badgers, former NFLers, current USFLer, and Chris Orr. Ready to hit somebody. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's <laughs> like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Give me a hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, we're having a conversation around Aaron Rodgers. And obviously, we know the decision is looming, right? Will he be back? Will he not be back? Uh, will he play football at all? Um, to me, it does, he has not sounded all offseason like a guy who's not playing football this upcoming year. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and pretty much rule out the retirement option. It's Packers or it's elsewhere for me. And I said it on the other side. I, view, I think the Packers view this. I don't view this, but I, I think the Packers view this situation between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love as truly a win-win for them, mm-hmm. right? It's either they have the four-time MVP, 
in Aaron Rodgers, who's going to win you more games than Jordan Love regardless, or you get to flip the page. You get to find out what your 2020 first-round pick has in Jordan Love, and you can actually put some pieces around him because you clear up a bunch of cap space by offloading Aaron Rodgers' contract. Uh, I'm going to stop looking at Chris Orr, who's just vehemently shaking his head at every word I say. (laughs) So I'm going to look at Brad Ortman while I finish my thought. And I I just think Brian Gutekunst, and and all these reports that you alluded to, Brad, on the other side, was that Jordan Love has made so much progression. He's made so many strides, and and they believe in that building firmly that that is a starting quarterback in the National Football League, is Jordan Love. Chris, you've been shaking your head for the last 90 seconds. What? I think that that is completely wrong. I think if they were... I don't, I don't, let me not say completely wrong. I think if they saw this as a win-win, then the language around Jordan Love is he's ready. That is a language. But we Jordan. love to have Aaron Rodgers back. No, the language is more so like he's made these strides. He's he's becoming better. Uh, we're more confident in him now than we've ever been. Right. All these different things. But to me, and like I I, I know you can speak to this too, Brad. Like an NFL team, they know what they have especially after having you for two seasons. They already know what they can get out of you. They know if you're going to be successful to up to their standard or not, especially at the quarterback position. There's some little things that you need to find out, you know, when live bullets are going on. But to me, if, if Jordan Love was who they're saying he's going to be, Aaron Rodgers doesn't get the contract that he got last year. I'm not saying he doesn't get a contract. I don't yeah, think he I disagree with that. Three years, $150 million. Yeah. I don't think he gets that. Well, I mean, what else are you going to give a guy who's been disgruntled for the last three years and is, again, exactly. pulling which apart? Is, which is disgruntled with the franchise and the organization, and we feel like the guy behind you is ready. I don't care but if you're you, mad. You, you firmly do not believe in the span of 12 months between, it was March 9th of last year, so just about a year, mm-hmm. when Aaron Rodgers and the Packers made the decision, hey, we're going to extend him, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to give him all this, a, a boatload of money, yep. and he's going to be our quarterback in 2022. Mm-hmm. You believe that they cannot change their tune or maybe their opinion on Jordan Love from then to now? No, think I think their opinion is going to be exactly the same no matter any circumstance? No, I think they knew what they were going to get out of him last year, and which is the reason why they moved moved ahead with Aaron Rodgers. If if it's all of a sudden all of a sudden changed now, to me this is more so just GM leveraging his guys, trying to see what, what all he can get, what are the options, what are the options for Aaron, are there any options for Jordan Love? And let's see where we can go from here. I don't. I don't think. To me, this doesn't sound like a GM who's like, "Oh man, I got two great quarterbacks. Like, I got I got a established Hall of Fame great right here, and I got a young gun who I think is good enough to take us to the promised land." That is not what they're thinking right now. What they're thinking is, I disagree. I think that is what they're thinking. But if that was what they're thinking, then this whole Aaron Rodgers debacle is going moving forward much faster. No, I, I think it's PTSD from the Brett Favre scenario in 2008, right? And they don't want the fan base to turn on them like they did in 08, and they were booing Aaron Rodgers when he was getting starting reps. The fan base is sick and tired of Aaron see, Rodgers. But, see, but this so they, be, have, they have the get-out-of-jail-free card here. True. But my answer to that would be if, if you're worried about the fan base— <laughs> And how disgruntled they'll probably be not very good at your job. Whatever your decision is, then yeah, you, you're actually not that confident. I agree with that. Win. I agree with that. The fan base is going. Hey, you'll get over it if we if what I say about this guy is true and he can get us these wins that we didn't get the year before. They don't care what the fan base thinks at least initially. Like they didn't care what the fan base thought initially with Aaron Rodgers because we knew exactly what we were going to get here in a few years. I don't. They not. They don't think that with Jordan Love. I, the, the Packers organization is notoriously close to the vest. 
not a lot of things leaked, mm -hmm. conventional, by the book, across the board, right? So when I'm hearing that things are being leaked from within, when we're hearing all these different things saying, Jordan loves ready, far, you know, uh, I almost said Favre. Rogers is going to get back up if he comes back. And always they prefer to move on. League sources say this, that you know, they think that Rogers is going to be moved. I'm of the belief, and the way I read it, yep. is that Jordan Love was a very late bloomer. And there's not a lot of late bloomers in the That's NFL. True. For the most, most year or two, two years max, mm -hmm. NFL teams know what they got. Yep. I would say in the first training camp, you know what mm -hmm. you got. Yeah. I think when the Packers made this deal with Rodgers last year, they were thinking we made a colossal mistake. This guy has been playing at an MVP level. He won MVPs. So we might as well ring out every sort of bit we can get out of him mm -hmm. and try to get one more Super Bowl. And then two things happened that were completely unexpected. Rodgers went down Boom. and Love, Love went up. And they're thinking on their hands now, holy cow, we've got this contract that we cannot get out of. What are we going to do about Aaron Rodgers? And the most valuable asset you can have on any NFL franchise is a young franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. So to me, the question isn't even Aaron Rodgers. The question is Jordan Love. Yep. Is Jordan Love a young franchise quarterback? If he is, if, he, if his ceiling if he ends up being a top ten quarterback at some point in his career for any strike, you know, any length of time, then that is what we need to be focused on. Because if that's the case, shoot, Packer fans are going to be okay with Rodgers leaving, and that is the most valuable mm -hmm. asset that any given NFL team can have. So, who is Jordan Love? Is he the three-year version that? Look, he almost looked ugly out there on the practice field, and you put him in a game and you kind of hold on to your seats. Or is he the guy that? showed flashes of a pretty great play against the Eagles and you know his teammates and the the organization is singing his praises so to me the whole story is Jordan Love I know Aaron Rodgers is getting all the press but if, if he's your dude then you stick with him and you get rid of Aaron Rodgers yeah. if he's not as much Aaron Rodgers as you can and hit the reset button exactly yeah, that's, that's, that's why really I say that's why I say <laughs> like if to me if if Jordan Love was the guy and obviously stuff will pick up, you know, with the deadlines coming up or whatever, especially the franchise tag deadlines coming up. But uh, if Jordan Love is your guy, like, you're positioning yourself to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, to get as many draft capital or weapons into this building to surround your young quarterback with. But, like, my thought is, like, then your colossal mistake, like, if you <laughs> – if you didn't know this about Jordan Love, like to me, he had to have shown some type of flashes in order for them to consider him as their franchise quarterback. But if he showed those flashes, I I cannot fathom that they get rid of Devontae Adams and they pay Aaron Rodgers how they did, digging themselves into a hole, not being able to acquire some of the talent that they can get. Like, because that, that just doesn't make sense to me. It's like uh, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. You know, when they had Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson at the same time, it, it came to a head where, hey, uh, we need to do things in favor for Lamar. So we need to start building this team to help Lamar maximize whatever it is that we can get out of this. And Green Bay hasn't done that. That's why I don't. I just don't see them, as much as they're praising Jordan Love, I think it's them positioning themselves to try to get some type of capital out of it. Uh, out of Jordan Love? Out of, out of either. Either see, one. To me, you the think answer, they're building up both? I think so they're building they up both. Yep, I think they're building they can, up yeah. both. And I think that Green Bay, as an organization, is more so in the position of, well, we don't know about Jordan Love. We know about Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what he says. Well, hold on, Chris. Didn't you just say they already know what they have in Jordan Love? But yeah. Now you're saying that they're 
you, you you know what you have, and you have no idea what his like ceiling could possibly be. Sure, but you know what you have right now. You okay, know that if we start week one of the 2023 season, you know what you're getting for that season. Look for, from Albert Breer today in Sports Illustrated. Quote. Uh, the Packers are open to moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Also, quote, uh, they see Jordan Love as, quote, a guy capable of starting. That's about as soft as language as you can get. You hear how horrible that sounds? A guy capable sounds? of starting? He's capable <laughs> of so starting? Soft. Like, if this was going to be your franchise quarterback, you're saying this is a guy that can win now. Jordan Love's ready. He can win now. Our organization's in good hands. We would love to have Aaron Rodgers back. If not, we're ready to move on. That's how, the, that's how that would be worded. Capable of starting? What? So you're saying he's Carson Wentz? He's capable of starting. It's true. Mitchell Trubisky's capable of starting. Like, there's a lot of guys capable to start. That doesn't mean they're going to be good. And, and let's be honest, they cannot wait another year. No. They, I mean, they no, cannot. No, I mean, no. He's come to a head now. No, no, no. For, you know, yeah. for four years he's going to sit, and then yeah. you're dealing with, you know, fifth-year options, all that kind of stuff. They can't. They cannot wait another yeah, year. This is why this is a very, very interesting situation. To your point, Brad, right? The, the fifth-year option needs to be picked up this offseason yes. if they're going to do it. He's entering the fourth and final year of his rookie deal, and if he sits another year behind Rodgers without picking up that fifth-year option, he hits the open market next year. Yeah. And you might be left – with uh, or going from two quarterbacks to zero, mm. so look at that interesting predicament. So Chris, right now, who's the Packers' starting quarterback in twenty twenty three? Aaron Rodgers. Hi, it's Aaron Rodgers. Hi, nobody wants to take on. Nobody wants to take I don't on think that. That's true. I don't think nobody. Okay, I'm not gonna say nobody, but people teams that want to go win a Super Bowl for what you're gonna have to give up for Aaron Rodgers. Like it's, you know, people talk about the Jets and they talk about. I don't think Vegas. it's as crazy as maybe we're thinking it is. But for Vegas, they're gonna have to give up some draft picks. Maybe not some draft picks, but they're gonna give up either Darren Waller, yeah. Hunter Renfro, somebody, somebody that's a Darren key Waller, contributor yeah. to their offense. But Darren Waller's a guy they want to move on from anyway. So that that's a spot. That's why I bring it up, Chris. Is I think that's a spot that would make sense, right? You trade Dale and Wall, Darren Waller, maybe that seventh overall pick, and you get Aaron Rodgers in return. You trade Darren Waller and seventh overall pick, right? Yeah. And what do you what are you left with? You're left with Green Bay Packers before Rodgers, Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. You got Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. Okay, you got Josh Jacobs, but Green Bay has some good, really good backs. Yes, they I, do. Yeah. So you're just Green Bay again, and you're just in a warmer state, which actually isn't going to help them that much. To be honest, as far as the production that they had in Green Bay versus Vegas. And also like, that division's a heck of a lot Exactly. Than, You're going uh, to the hardest division yeah. in the league. Come on now. I'm not giving that up for that. I'm not doing that. If I'm Vegas, I'm like, I need more. Something I, I, else the, the, the other two teams that are brought up are Tennessee and, and uh, the New York Jets, as you brought up. So we'll see. I, I, mm. I, I agree with you. I think it's a very, it's going to be a hefty haul. Mm. And that, I think that's why it didn't happen last year, right? Because if there was a point where this would have made the most sense for the Green Bay yeah, Packers, it would have been, been last year. For sure. And the haul you would have received would have been astronomical, mm-hmm. A. And, and, and B, you would have had a year to rebuild. But last sure. year was more of a, it's kind of a half ass year, right? Mm-hmm. You go eight and nine, you don't make the playoffs. It's the worst case scenario. Yep. You win as many games as you can without making the playoffs. You get the fifteenth draft pick, and now you're left with the same questions you were a year ago. And you didn't see any Jordan Love last year, right? Mm. If they would have been eliminated with three weeks left in the season, you would have seen Jordan Love, mm. and we'd know a hell of a lot more right now talking about Jordan Love than we do. Mm. So it's a lose lose, maybe. I think you've talked me out of my win-win scenario. It's definitely not a win-win. I'll tell you right now. I think Goody, it's definitely I, not a win-win. But I really do think because Gutekunst has always hit me as a guy that's stubborn, right? He's never admitted his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it's true. objectively, Jordan Love with that first-round pick in 2020, as of right now, was a mistake. Mm-hmm. It just was. It was a whiff of a draft pick. 
Now, that could turn out to not be the case. But as of right now, I, I think George, Brian Gutekunst views it as, okay, if I have Rodgers, we, we are in a situation to win now. If we have Jordan Love, we have a situation to, A, really figure out if he's as good as we think he can be. Mm-hmm. And, B, maybe he can win now. And we can put more pieces around him to help him win now. Well, my question to you would then be is, what's a, what's a bigger mistake, drafting Jordan Love in the first round or signing Aaron Rodgers last year? Mm. That's a great question. To me, to me it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. I think it's Jordan Love. To me, it's Aaron Rodgers. You... Even if you go back to the date of when you drafted Jordan Love, what did that do for your organization? What did Aaron Rodgers do from there up until now for your organization? Nothing. Well, he wants some MVPs. He wants some MVPs. <laughs> that does nothing for your organization, though. Well, I mean, that's good for him. We've been one state's home field yeah. advantage, but you didn't take advantage. But you yeah. didn't do anything with it. And there's no doubt the postseason Aaron Rodgers, particularly fourth quarter, has been terrible. Mm. Terrible. Look at that, man. He, he has done a lot of good, but when it matters, he has not brought his A game. Exactly. And it's a, a lot of the same reasons we've been talking about, mm-hmm. right? He lacks the ability to really lead, galvanize mm-hmm. a team, really create that. And, I mean, that's a great question. I, or, I, I, you go. Or, what's the difference between, my bad, what's You're the good. difference between the last two seasons if. <laughs> You didn't have Aaron Rodgers, and you had Jordan Love in there, and you went eight and eight or eight and nine those these last two years. What's the difference? Better I would, draft picks. The whole conver- yeah. you got better draft picks, and the whole conversation is different. Exactly, you have the capital in order to say, "Hey, we're going to build on this." We have some young pieces. Green Bay definitely has some young pieces. They have talent on their roster. But they're missing some key pieces, I think. Some key pieces, especially offensively. They're missing some key pieces. You and should, You should call Goody. But even just schematically, you're completely different with Aaron Rodgers versus somebody else, especially like a younger quarterback. Right. Like with Aaron Rodgers in there, it's like the, the problem that like the Colts had with Peyton Manning when he got older. It's like, ah, I'm driving the ship. Like I know what to do. I've won X amount of MVPs. I have a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, you're giving me this play in my headset, but I'm going to do what I want out here. Versus having a younger guy on the other hand, and you're actually able now we're able to actually see who you are as a coach instead of just saying, "Hey, Aaron, go fix this." You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is uh, that he's the only like uh, bad part of this deal or whatever. I think the Packers have a great deal of say so in, in this as well. Like, why why get rid of Devontae Adams? That one will never make sense to me. Why get rid of Devontae at like? Think about think about Kansas City. What did they do? They kept Mahomes' number one target. We're going to keep him here and happy. Kelsey. Him and Mahomes are going to go together. Yep. Him and Kel- Mahomes and Kelsey stay together. We're going to stay together. All right, we got Tyreek. Yeah, you was a great player. You emerged, but we feel like we can go get somebody young just like you. You can't replace Devontae Adams because his game isn't just – I'm super fast or I'm I'm crazy big. I could just catch the 50-50 balls. That's why you can't replace him. Big difference. You got to understand what you can and can't replace. You think Chris Orr has opinions, Brad? Oh, yeah. I love it. Stir the pot, baby. Come on, man. Stir it. We got to stop being so soft with Aaron Rodgers. That's probably my main thing. Stop being so soft with him. Am I being soft with him? Everybody is. In what regard? Okay, like we value his MVPs over the – a quarterback – put it like this – any position on the team, quarterback has some of the most influence for where your season goes. It's the most, I would say. Okay, you won a uh, MVP. You haven't done nothing for us as an organization or a team. But I don't think that's accurate. How is it not? Tell me the difference between him and um. So, you, but you're you're basing this strictly off of Super Bowl wins. 
You're not, you're not looking at the Is that one not what matters? Not, I, it is what matters, Chris. I'm okay. not disagreeing with that at all. Mm-hmm. But one team gets to raise the Lombardi Trophy. True. Right Very true. 31 of them don't. Yep. And, and 31 and, others And you guys know a whole hell of a lot better than I do. Yep. It's really freaking hard to win a Super Bowl. Yep. In fact, there's a guy sitting at this table. Sorry to bring this up, Brad. You lost in the Super Bowl. Ah, right? chill out, right? man. Well, I'm just saying. It's <laughs> incredibly hard. He, he had a great team. What were you, 15-1 that year? Yeah. yeah. You, were, you were the best team in football. It's it's incredibly hard to win a Super Bowl. You incredibly hard. That up. I think. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. <laughs> it's all right. I'm over Chris it. Chris has me mad. Um, you know, Ro- I, I disagree, Chris. I think Rodgers has done a ton. I think his greatness mm-hmm. cannot be denied. For I think sure. he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. And should he have left the Packers with more Super Bowls? I do think so. If you're mm-hmm. going to be in an organization for 18 years. I think we all agree with and that. And be yes. one of the top. Look, he's a top 10 quarterback of all time. For right? sure. He, yeah. You should walk yeah. away with more. I think it was going exactly to the Packers playbook until these last couple of years. Yep. I think that. Look, they've got the game plan. You do not want to be in quarterback purgatory. You do not want to be there. So the Packers think ahead. We're going to draft a young potential guy that we can groom for a couple of years. Rodgers is going down in talent. And none of that happened. He yep. went. He, he elevated the MVP seasons. Love had not progressed like they thought he would. And then the whole script flipped again. So I think they're looking at it thinking, we had a plan. We thought it was going to go like Rodgers Favre. And it is not. And it keeps on changing. Mm. And I think... I think they're more calculated than we think. I think their poker faces are excellent. Well said. It was a fun topic. we got to take a break, though. As, as much as I can do this for another 20 minutes. <laughs> we'll play some Gmail right after this. It's the Great Dane Huddle live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Hildale. Great Dane Huddle rolling out live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in the Hildale area of Madison. I love this spot, man. We're in the back room. We're partying. The beers are flowing for the uh, the fans in attendance. Yeah, did you hear that? Yeah. Jesse Nelson took the day off from work to get his cavity filled, but now he's had about 18 beers and just cheering at us. God, guy's a consummate professional. I'm Alex Strope alongside former Badgers NFLers Brad Norman and Chris Orr. <laughs> oh, man. The fourth member of our crew is Alex Gravatt. He's back at the ESPN Madison studio. Alex G., how we doing? We've got some mail, my man. How are you doing? I'm good, dude. Uh, before we get to the mail, we've got to announce your big news to these fellows who may not be aware of your uh, big yes. news. So uh, uh, I, I, let me let me take it from here because yeah, you, know, you got I, it. I'm the professional. Uh, you are. Well, first off, Alex Strove, how does it feel to be the only one on the panel who's not a professional athlete? Uh, <laughs> it feels like I don't belong here. Yeah. So the, that, I'm alluding to the fact that I uh, I now play for the Madison Radicals Ultimate Frisbee Team, a professional Frisbee team here in Madison. Okay. Uh, oh. it's, it's a little thing, but it's pretty exciting to travel oh, across the country. Little. It's and not little. It's not little. You're that a big deal, Jake. Hey, Congratulations hey. again. Professional. <laughs> Little athlete Alex G. Yeah. All right, it's time to get into our brand new segment, which we introduced last week. Alex G, popular guy, not only is a professional athlete, he might be the most emailed producer in all of ESPN Wisconsin. It's time to play some Gmail. So as Strofe alluded to, I get quite a few emails, and uh, I, I send a lot of emails for my job, but I also get them right back. And we get all these weird questions from fans around the country. Uh, we're going to start with, with ironically, Brad in Fredonia. Nice. Uh, Brad, yeah, Brad. On, Brad asking Brad over the weekend, Jake <laughs> Paul lost his first fight to Tommy Fury, the brother of a heavyweight world champion, Tyson Fury. If you could choose any non-fighter in professional Ooh. sports to back you up, Brad, who who you taking? To back me up, what does that mean? 
in a, in a fight. Like, he's got your back. It's you and him oh. versus someone. Or okay, them. but well, for the record, Brad Norton, the least likely member on this crew to get into a bar fight. <laughs> I've I've never, at least making me sound soft, I've never gotten into a fight. I've really? never taken a punch. No. For real? Never. Shut up. Yeah. I'm a peacemaker, guys. I'm that a peacemaker. Shock, so I need like I need like a dude behind me. I need an absolute dude. Jesse, you and I <laughs> out back later. Hold on, you um, never got into a fight? No. Are you done here? No. Oh man. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> so that means Chris I'm, I'm got a lover, not a fighter. You, yeah, that's yep. right. I would need a, a non-fighter. I would need a stud. Give me like, um, mm, give me like, give me like a, a big offensive lineman. Oh. How about this, guys? I'm going to go with my fellow Brookfield Central Lancer, Joe Thomas. Good, good <laughs> pick. Prime. Good pick. He can push some guys around. I need him to protect me. He's my blind side now, in the fight, Joe Thomas. Before I give you my answer, Brad, if you were a mixed martial artist, you would be a kickboxer, correct? Yeah, and that would be a lethal, lethal kick. Lethal, lethal weapon. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> no offense, Brad. Stay, stay out of, like, my... Uh, my swing diameter. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you, you would you would kick some heads off. That's you right. and Shawn Michaels, sweet chin music, <laughs> WWF style. Uh, Chris, do you qualify for this? Because you did some fighting, right? Semi professional yeah, fighting. fighting. Not professional, no. Semi professional. Yeah, I guess. All right, so then you still count. I want Chris Orr on my side. <laughs> Chris Orr and I would be like, speaking of Shawn Michaels, WWF. We would be the new age degeneration X. <laughs> He'd, he'd, he'd be Triple H, I'd be Shawn Michaels, and we would whoop some ass. Give me Chris Orr. You've got mail. So Logan in Duluth texts in, uh, or sorry, emails in, another UFO was spotted this past weekend. Uh, somebody was on a flight. They took a video of it, whatever. But he asks, are Americans ready for the truth about UFOs? <laughs> Brad, Brad <Norman>? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the truth is, they're not ready. I, whether, whether, I don't know what the truth is or not, but there's enough crazies out there that if the truth comes out one way or the other, if there's a definitive truth one way or the other, it's going to be cities are going to burn. I could not be more ready for the truth about UFOs. I could not be more ready. Yeah. In fact, if there's aliens, I want them. That's it. Man. That's all I got. What you got? I don't... I'm sorry, I don't understand. There aren't any, <laughs> there aren't any aliens out there, bro. Yes, there is. No, there's not, bro. You're telling me there's no aliens? There's no aliens out there, bro. You're a crazy person. If it was aliens out there, they would have been came to Earth. Oh, they're on their way, bro. They would have been here, bro. Dude, they're on their way. Bro, we wouldn't even made it here now. They would have been here years ago. They would have took all that water? If, if Come there, on now. If there is aliens, why are they just zooming by? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, they're, what like, they zooming by they for? Don't know, they don't know what they're getting Recon. into. We got, they don't know what they're getting into. Listen, we're the only planet in the Milky Way with satellites all around us. You think they ain't going to stop at Earth? <laughs> you don't think they're going to stop and say, hold on, what's going on down here, bro? Come on now. Ain't you no aliens out there, man. Ain't no aliens out there, bro. I think we have officially hit our competencies, right? Like, <laughs> we, within the realm of sports, we talk educated. We're talking about UFOs. I think we're all looking at Do you believe in aliens? Ain't no aliens out there, bro. Come no. on, bro. I know. I, I, have, I have not seen evidence. You guys got to wake up. What makes you believe Wake aliens up. out there? Yeah. You're telling me there's that much space out there? What? There's black holes and all sorts of universes? You're telling me there's no extraterrestrial Where's creatures? Where's the evidence, bro? Where's the evidence there's not? Where's the evidence? You gotta have some you're, type of evidence. You're telling me. <laughs> the evidence that they're not there is the fact that we ain't seen them. You're telling me you never seen the movie E.T. 
Yeah, I'll see you next week. Thank you very that, much. That, that Steven Spielberg's mind cannot be evidence. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> all right, all right. Sarah in Flagstaff up, calls Sarah? in or emails in again. Packers coaching staff isn't going to the confine. And with players like Quay Walker, who haven't been the greatest personalities on the field, are you worried about this? Uh, Brad, we're starting with you one more time. This actually surprises me. I'm surprised the Packers coaching staff isn't there. Look, the front office, the GM, they make the decisions. It's not like the coaching staff is getting up there and saying, hey, we're, you know, we want this guy. We're doing the recruiting and we're doing the selections. But every coach that I've ever interacted with has been at the Combine mm -hmm. because you're talking about team philosophy, team sure. fit. And they know football, too. They know how they're going to fit into schemes. So that surprised me. I don't know what's going on. That surprised me. I'll tell you what I don't know what's going on <laughs> after we talked about aliens. I think there's one sitting directly to my right. As Chris Orr is just gnawing on a raw lemon. He's Damn, just man. eating a lemon, skin and all. No face pucker either. <laughs> Look no. like a face of He's enjoyment. He's just eating a lemon like it's no, nothing. You're acting like that's not weird. It's not weird. It's a fruit. Right? Yeah, it's a fruit. <laughs> Yes, a lemon is a fruit. Well done, Chris. Maybe you are an alien. <laughs> True that, Patrick Starr. Look, I uh, this does surprise me. Look, because Matt, Matt Lafleur is the type of guy that I feel like is overly involved, and this is a, a a situation in which you can be overly involved, and it's becoming more of a, a non rarity where, where coaching staffs don't show up, right? Were you at the Combine, Brad? Yeah, I was. Okay, and I would assume all 32 coaching staffs are represented. I mean, I, pretty darn close. You, you know the coaches, and you see them. You see them all there. And yeah. all the interviews, they're there. It's a surprise. Is the whole coaching staff out there or yes. just LeFleur? So, no, staff. the whole staff. That's a shock. That's a shock to That's me, a too, shock. for a majority my, of it. My brother's there, and he's a linebacker coach for the Ravens. Yeah. Like, at least some type of representation needs to yeah. semi-be there. Like, I bet I bet that I bet that man, too, like, our OC isn't even here. He's not even going Look at any of this young talent that we could possibly acquire throughout the draft. Like, I don't know that. That is definitely a little. It's, it's a little weird to me, but well, you get I don't you get know. thirty interviews that you can have with guys, right? And usually reserve them for a you know potential first, second, third round draft mm -hmm. picks, whatever. And everyone's in there, right? The whole coaching staff, GM, everybody, and the coaches asking you questions too. So I don't. I feel like there's a lot that you're leaving on the table mm -hmm. by not including the coaches in this. For sure. Whoever's decision that was, that seems very strange to For me. For sure. And I like Quay Walker, Alex G. I like him, man. <laughs> I like the attitude oh, he played with, man. Love him, but you can't throw a, a trainer on the field. Hey, man, he, hey, you're in a different mode on that field, man. He probably just felt somebody bump him. It's combine season. We'll read the draft profiles of Chris Orr and Brad Nortman right after this. Oh. It's the Great Dane Huddle live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Hilldale. Reaction to the football weekend continues next. This is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. The Great Dane Huddle rolling on live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Hilldale. Chris Orr is shocked we have two minutes left in the show. You okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm just shocked, man. He's Chris Orr, he's Brad Norman, I'm Alex Strove, live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company in Hilldale. Uh, it's combine season, fellas. Chris Orr, you did not compete in the NFL combine, but you nah, did have man. a terrific pro day. One of the all-time all great Wisconsin pro days by mm -hmm. Chris Orr. Uh, now, earlier today I discovered that you, they have draft profiles on NFL.com for every prospect. 
So I'd like to read the weaknesses of Brad Nortman and Chris Orr today. <laughs> now, it should be noted, on this draft profile, Chris Orr has eight weaknesses. Brad Nortman literally has one. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many strengths I have, though. Three? Oh, three to one? Good. Look at that. Pretty good ratio. All right, the weaknesses for, uh, which is a weakness for Brad Nortman. Nortman has a tendency to let the ball get away from him every now and then and shank one off to his left. Ooh. But this hasn't been a consistent problem, and he was reliable in his senior year. They go. make your negative a positive. There we go. Yeah. That? That's yeah. I mean, that's just a, that's like a buddy doing it for you. So that's what happens when a punter. Gets, <laughs> that's what happens when a punter. I mean, gets they didn't drafted. have to use the S word. They have to use shank. Yeah, they didn't have that's, that's that. kind of like they don't have to say that. You know. <laughs> All right, I want you to listen, Brad, because you haven't seen this. Okay. Chris knows what's coming here. I want you to listen to the very first two words they use to describe Chris. <laughs> All right, I can't wait. Stubby frame. <laughs> Ooh, horrible! Are, Chris, are you about to get in the fighting mode Come again? Come on, man! Shoot. Lance, hey, Lance got something coming. I know his name. Yeah. Lance Zerline. Yeah, uh-huh. oh, Lance Zerline. Stubby frame and build with a lack of functional length. Mm. Slow twitch defender with a lack of explosiveness. See, you know what's crazy about that, though? Oh, my gosh. I'm a, listen to this. He's getting shredded. No, but listen to this. You know what's crazy about that? I'm actually the complete opposite of athlete. I have great burst and cannot <laughs> sustain it. Like, <laughs> that's actually the truth. Great burst can't sustain it. Chris, we love you. Good luck in the Appreciate USFL. It. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're gonna can't wait you, to bud. watch it, this, it, it over the weekends on the USFL. One more show, Rutledge and Hamilton tomorrow. Bradley, I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Actually, Thursday, Rutledge and Hamilton. Big thanks to Alex Gravatt. Big thanks to the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company. We'll talk to you next uh, next week, same time, same place, right here on 100.5 ESPN.